My next two guests were crucial in laying the foundation for hip-hop. One is the last living member of the Bad Boys, who were the first hip-hop group to go gold back in the 80s. The other is a previous guest who was part of Above the Law and associated with NWA. They just released a single together called Hush. It's my pleasure to introduce Cool Rock Ski and Cocaine. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today I'm with two very special guests, Cocaine and Cool Rock Ski. Yeah, man. This is crazy. You two on a podcast. Has that happened before yet? Uh, Not yet. <laughs> well, actually, we did uh, your publicist, Samantha. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's Get Activated podcast. Yeah, Let's My Get Activated. Man. That's dope. So how do you guys even know each other? Um, we were locked up together. Yeah. We was locked at Rikers Island. We was locked up. I was making the spread, and I seen this buff dude came through. I said, yo, son, you look like Kura. <laughs> nah, we met we met over the uh, internet, and, um, you know, he's been doing it for a minute, and I've been doing it for a minute. Um, and I reached out to him personally, you know what I'm saying, seen him on the podcast, on my – my little bro podcast, actually, Soren Baker. And um, I was putting a project together to where I wanted to reach out to the pillars, the really the architects of hip-hop. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to do it different from what's popular out there, so to speak. So I reached out to the brother, and uh, he responded back. And, you know, we took it from right there. You know, the the conversation was good, and I think anything that – you want to mix it up with, you want to have a good conversation because you're trying to feel some people. You know what right. I mean? It's just a lot of people we meet, and you can, you can relate to this, cool, cool rock. You, you see them on the surface, but when you see them behind closed doors, there can be some real legitimate assholes about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? okay. So oh. when we met, I, I sent the message. He sent back. He heard of me. Okay. Uh, we start building from that point, and, you know, I put a song together with a cat by the name of The Chill, who his partner is MC8, that Compton's most wanted, you know, been in Menace to Society and all that good stuff. So they shot me the beat, him and a cat named Rob T. Um, I shot it over to uh, my brother Cool Rock Ski, and he was feeling it, and the rest is history from there. Wow. So Cool Rock, when's the first time you heard Cocaine's music? Do you think it was when he was collaborating with Snoop Dogg, or...? I'm collaborating with Snoop Dogg. I think I'm most familiar with the um, I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea about me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's um, little hat. Was that badass? Yeah, badass. Badass me, badass. Uh, right. May he rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. Sure. Um, but I you know his name been circulating around the industry for years, so I knew who he was. So. It wasn't when he when he hit me up on the DM. It was like you know, of course, you know what I'm saying? Like it, wow. that was a no brainer. You know what I mean? Do you think you were kind of inspired oh, yeah. by Cool Rock to make music? He's like, oh, the... oh, absolutely. You gotta realize, um, you know, for those a little closer, for those that are real hip hop heads, you know, they know your Curtis Blows, <clears throat> they know you know um, Grandmaster Flash, Sugar Hill, Run DMC, Fat Boys, uh, the late great. Biz Marquee, the Juice Juice Crew, you know those, you know Salt and Pepper, Houdini, they, they're pillars of hip hop, 
And when it started in the mecca of hip hop, it had so much of an impact in all the ghettos and the house parties that, you know, um, we were just amazed, you know, growing up in the 70s, being able to experience the beginnings of hip hop just as well as being saturated and absorbing the soul and funk sound. You know, once these cats came in in the early 80s, there was really two groups. Well, I can name at least at least three, but primarily two groups to really broaden this thing that we love so much called hip hop. Yes, sir. And that was Run DMC, and that was the Fat Boys. They were on the equal basis with each other, and you know it's crazy because you know we come from uh, California, where you know Ice T did the. Um, six in the morning record which drew the blueprint to what eric and dre and the whole nwa card and myself in particular this thing we call gangster rap but we were vibing you know off of cats like cool rock ski prince marky d uh buff love you know what i'm saying they were able to to really get it to the masses it was so into the, our culture, the black culture, you know what I'm saying, the brown too. Um, it didn't get a chance to explode. But when these cats came on the scene, and like cats like Run DMC, it brought it across the world. Um, they did movies from Crush Groove to uh, um, Disorderly, just like one of the my top ten com- well, funny movies of all time, <laughs> which was hip-hop. <laughs> And it's like but, pe- after after they came on the scene, then it just really exploded. And once the white folks, <laughs> white folks got a hold of it, just like once the white folks got a hold of N.W.A., you yeah. know what I'm saying? It it was crazy. It just hit a juggler bang, and everybody everybody I don't care what color color you were, hip hop was here to stay. When you heard groups like Fat Boys, mm-hmm. so you know. As an artist growing up, I grew up from music royalty. My dad was a Motown great. Did records with Lil Richard, Frank Sinatra, just mm-hmm. 500 compositions over there, some of the greatest songs you ever heard. So I, I grew up in music, but the influence when hip-hop came, these guys was it, mm. the Fat Boys, man. You know what I'm saying? So I I, I was more than honored, Brother Cool Rocksky, to do a song with somebody that not only I grew up too, but had a major influence on me as well as an artist. So salute to that, man. They incredible group, incredible impact. And, you know, oh, the, best, the, yes, sir. The record uh, Hush came out. Yes, sir. It's making some noise overseas real yeah. big. Um, it's making some noise over here. But over here is just different diverses of things. So it's kind of kind of really, you know. That's what I want to get Hard into. Hard to just break in when the little yeah. babies is here and yeah. the trapping is here and this is there. Yeah, it's like elbow room. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You got to try to get your elbow room. But, but over there in Australia and pe- people like, you know, Japan, Tanzania, Africa, Germany, they really like, oh, my God, you and Cool Rock right. Ski did a record and it sounds <laughs> dope. Yes. Right. You know, so. Right. It's, it's crazy because you guys both aren't, Honestly, not that old, but for hip hop, for some reason we we have this like ageism. Whether if you're like a oh, rock, yeah. if you're like a rock star, 
You can right. tour until you're <laughs> 80 if you're in yeah. great health, right? Yeah. Right. So how do you guys feel as, especially Cool Rock has been like a, a pillar in hip-hop, how does it feel for like the newer generation of hip-hop to not, they don't really fuck with older artists almost, it feels like. Unless you're a, oh. a Jay-Z who can <laughs> offer someone a huge bag. Like how does that make you guys feel? Um, it, it's, you know what, it doesn't make me feel bad because I know my lane, you understand? So I'm not trying to reach out to whoever's hot, you know, whether it be the baby or whoever's hot. And I'm trying to, not trying to reach out to them. We, you know, and I'm not, I'm not even trying to be egotistical or pat myself on the back, but we laid down the foundation, us, Run DMC, Houdini, um, and whoever came along with us, Curtis Blow. So why do we have to reach out and say, hey, notice us and give us praise and all that stuff the reason why you're here you're rapping today is because of us and the reason why we're rapping is because of groups like flash Fears five um phyllis four treacherous three cold crush four so um you know it is what it is um and plus they're not being taught they don't want to be taught mm. about the the classic hip-hop artists whereas you can get a young um a young white artist musician and he'll reach back and try to emulate uh, a Mick Jagger <laughs> or, you know, whoever yeah. came from came way before him. He has no problem doing that. This particular generation, more hip hop period, they really don't reach out to one. It's an egotistical thing. It's a, you know, it's a, I ain't, I ain't trying to reach out to him and it's a competition thing. So. You know, with that being said, you know, we did a song and we didn't have to add on any new artists. And this song is dope. And yeah. we didn't have to reach out to no new artists to say, hey, come be, be on our song. Mm. Now, once the song reaches potential and it gets hotter and hotter, I guarantee you a new artist is going to want to come and say, hey, can I spit a verse on that? You understand? So, like I said, we don't have to reach out. Why should you come to us? We don't have to come to you. And once again, that's not being egotistical. That's just saying, hey. You know, we laid down the foundation for you to eat and get paid and all this stuff. Why do I have to reach out to you? You know, right. but it feels like business wise or even like morally wise in the hip hop industry, many things haven't really changed. You still hear about, oh, have you tapped into the white audience yet? Have you tapped tapped into the black audience yet? Mm -hmm. Like, um, right. I listen to like Charlemagne the God. He has, he's of course part of the um, Breakfast Club. He also has his own podcast, and right. his biggest thing is like he loves like Little Baby, but he talks about does he really have like the white fans yet? Like that's yeah. what's stopping people, yeah. like stopping some artists from truly getting to that next level because white people can't relate to being like a gangster right. rapper. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. you know what? Some Sometimes that depends, you know, because when we were making records and I know Cool Rock can back me up on this, it was like James Brown coming out saying, I'm black and I'm proud, but who was singing that? Right. It was an all-white audience. Wow. Right, exactly. And J even in James Brown days. So right. you got to look at it. Um, music is music. Ain't no substitution for good. I don't care what color you are. You know what right. I mean? But we were able to, to do the type of music from a suppressed environment, which people call ghettos, and no one didn't anticipate it, it would be a phenomenon in the new rock and roll. Yep. No one thought it would surpass a certain years of things, but here we are, here's hip hop. It's so diverse, it's, it's tapped into commercials, it's tapped into, hip hop is like a gospel in its own self. Yep. And all we just saying, it's like, 
we're not knocking the young generation, but where we came from, we had etiquette. And we just want to reintroduce those principles to where you can't just pick up a cockroach or gossip about that and, and claim that's hip-hop because it's not. It's something right. else. I'm not going to knock it. But right. the foundation of hip-hop was to raise the consciousness. Like you said on the video, it's an expression of where you're from. And at the same time, everybody felt good when they hit the party. Mm -hmm. Right. It's a feel-good, it was a feel-good vibe, feel-good music, feel-good culture. I yeah. think once it started to expand... Um, and the powers, the so-called powers that be, we still don't know who the powers that be are. <laughs> so let's just call them corporation now. Right. Once they started to dig their hands into the cookie jar and say, we could market this and make money off it and give the artist peanuts, that's when it started to subside and, and get into the wrong hands and people not doing it for the culture, people not doing it for the love of it. They were just doing it for the money. Mm -hmm. You right. understand? So um, this is why you have artists today who don't give a damn about artists of yesteryear when it comes to hip hop. They'd rather reach out to a Charlie Wilson or Earth, Wind and Fire to do a song with them as opposed to reach out to a Cocaine or a Cool Rock or whoever. Wow. Right. But, but things things are starting to uplift. If you noticed, and I was glad I was me and uh, Cool Rock was chopping it up, and that's a beautiful thing. You know, when 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 um, Jadakiss and the Locks, and of course Dipset, yeah. but really Jada, when he got up there in Madison Square Garden, favorite artist of mine, you couldn't get much bigger. It was really, it was really reintroducing and setting the tone, right? And, and initiating a balance. Right. Like, look, all that old stuff that y'all do is cool, but if you're a football player, don't say don't say you LeBron James playing basketball because that's like <laughs> Chinese arithmetic. I don't understand it. That's not hip hop. So right. I was glad cats like that, it was right on time to expose that across the world. And plus the stocks went up because prior to that event happening, we put out a record, did the video. The love is just amazing. But the the love is more worldwide because people actually genuinely love hip hop. They love, yeah. love the fact that, hey, Cool Rock Ski and Cocaine did a record. You you, right. you can't, it's only so long you can go to the WWF, even though they pack the audience. But those moves are, are not real. Right. right. They're scripted. Yeah. So records like what we did, it's really telling people that, hey, man, this is raw hip hop in the flesh. It's right. not scripted. Do you think there's a difference between hip hop and rap? I mean, they want in the well, same. Hip hop is just a culture. Yeah. <laughs> that mm -hmm. means what you do. Hip hop yeah. is just a culture. And do you think artists care about the culture anymore? Or do you think they care more about the bag? I don't think, think they know where how the culture started. That's the thing. <laughs> they, they, they don't really care how it started. Um, but you can't blame You can't really blame them because they're just going after the money aspect of it. Right. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? They don't come from the same generation, the same era I came from, or where cocaine came from, where where somebody would come to my junior high school on a Monday and, and, and blast a cold crush four tape at the at the lunch table or you know what the treacherous three were doing or what Furries Five was doing. So nobody's gonna come and, 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 and play an old Jay Z coming up song to one of these new artists while they're still <laughs> in high school. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, okay. this is Jay Z from back in eighty eight. They're gonna be like, nah, I don't care about that crap. I wanna hear what the baby did back in, you know, five years ago. 
Mm-hmm. So right. it, it's just a, a thing where they don't want to know where it comes from. And it's it's a thing where we're so conditioned and brainwashed. You got to realize we're so conditioned and brainwashed to go against one another that it even transforms over to the music. Wow. You understand? So that's that's yeah. just the thing. And, and it's I can't blame the new artists for not reaching out and respecting the artists that they got the, the music from. They just look at it as hip hop. You know what I'm saying? So when they look at it as hip hop, the first thing that comes to their mind is, I gotta act a certain way. But they don't know that the hip hop culture actually changed the whole world. Mm-hmm. You understand, they don't know that the hip hop culture is what got President Clinton in office and Barack Obama in office. It Absolutely. changed the whole structure of this whole world. They don't know that because all they know is the word hip hop. Wow. That's it. We know what hip hop is. We know what it what mm-hmm. it means to us. We know how this music, how this culture and this music survived one of the worst errors in black community, which was the crack era. Yep. And and it survived that, you know, so it came out of that whole that whole jungle. And hip hop just got bigger, better, and stronger. You know, so when Cats was doing it for the love of it and getting schooled by the record companies, that's a whole different subject. They were doing it because they were they came from a, a, a place where they say, yo, this is what I want to do. You know, I'm bad on the mic. I'm dope on the mic. I want to I want to let everybody know how good I am on the mic. These guys nowadays, they don't give a damn about being the best on the <laughs> mic because you can un- hardly understand what the hell they're saying. <laughs> yeah. But they're speaking to their generation. That's what's important. Mm-hmm. They're speaking to their particular generation. So even if I can't understand it, 17, 16, 15 year old can understand it. Right. And but they, you know, a 17, 16, 15 year old don't know a cool hook, uh, Africa Bambada. They don't know, um, you know, the cats we mentioned in these songs. They look at a Melly Mel like he's some kind of senior citizen rapper. They don't know nothing about Melly <laughs> Mel. And so yeah, they don't want to look him up, you know. So I think, it is um, what it is. I think um, because of the internet. Right. Uh, it left everything open for just crazy things to happen. Like, right. like of course, we come from your worst neighborhoods and different other things. But when we was doing hip-hop, even in the Easy e days, right. as hard as it was, fuck the police, you could see 30-some-odd years later, there's really no change. So they were like yeah. real street reporting. But where yeah. where the Internet really put a lot of negative things on steroids is that people thought keeping it real is coming from their hood, holding up Drake, right. gang banging, <laughs> right. and that's music. And what right. it done, you know, because people are programmed. Just look at television and say television. It's a program. You can actually, you know, have subjective imagery, and the more and more it's, it's just drilled into your head, it becomes that. And, right. and it's like... It made it popular to 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 you know really um, put the violence and everything back into it because yeah we were street reporting but wasn't nobody decided man I'm gonna go over here yeah you would hear little little things would happen in the industry this person your pop but the way right. it happens now it, it 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 needs to get reorganized because gang banging streets. And different things don't have nothing really to do with the music business and entertainment right. business. It's right. just like I can't see myself 
doing a Denzel Washington movie like Malcolm Day, Malcolm X, and then turn around and do Training Day. But when I come home, I got a Draco in my hand <laughs> or doing this. People right. really took it out of context. And yeah. that's the sad part about, you know, about hip hop or the current state of hip hop is that we tend to celebrate the negative aspect and intertwine that into things that should have no business being yeah. in that because this is the music business, this is the entertainment business. And I just think now it's about to be a paradigm shift due to all these things happening, you know, from uh, George Floyd to certain things that are happening in our community still. People are getting tired in the music, believe it or not, are just things that's not going to produce inspiration mm, in right. the most positive fashion. And that's what we're saying. We're not saying our generation is better. We're just saying let's get back to what made us have some damn sense. Right. It's not about what you say. Just like you could say, well, my, 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 you could be a gangster rapper, but when you come home, you don't have to be Denzel Washington in Training Day or Malcolm X. Right. You could just be Denzel. Right. And I think right. people took their persona to a whole nother level, and it's influencing. You know, you might be making a lot of money, but some of it is influencing the kids in your worst way. That's why you have more teenagers committing suicide. That's why right. you have m more uh, violence in the hood. Because I show you where the music is at, I'll show you where society is at. Right. And we we put these records together to say, not that we don't care about the young generation, because we do care, but we want to be able to say, hey, man, you know what I mean? Handle your business. Um, right. You don't you don't have to take your Draco and snitch on everybody on camera all day because <laughs> you want to be famous. Right. Nah, man, that's a that's a facade. And if we could do anything as pillars of community, uh, of, of hip-hop, we have more than a responsibility and obligation to really tell the real. Once we have the podium, you know, we're always going to tell you the real, whether it's through a record or whether it's through articulating in this interview. Mm. You know what I mean? But like Cool Rock pointed out, as soon as hip-hop got any type of buzz like record labels came along like as soon as any buzz came mm -hmm. so do you think hip-hop in general ever got the chance to make a solid foundation for a community and if it hasn't what does it take to make an actual community that you guys hope it did make it, it, it we created our own community we created mm -hmm. our own um i mean you take two two records and scratch them on turntables who would i mean who would ever think that could be wow. an art so except the people that was there to see it and see it grow. Uh, we never made fun of our culture or our music. It was the people in the industry who was making fun of the culture and the music and wanted it just to go away. We were like, we ain't going nowhere. We're selling records, we're making money, we're selling our tours. And as it started to get bigger and bigger, then everybody wanted to say, okay, we're down for what you guys are doing. Here's a couple of dollars. Mm -hmm. So they started putting out acts who wasn't selling because they just wanted to make a quick buck. They wanted the next Run DMC, the next Houdini, the next Fat Boys, the next LL Cool J, the next BC Boys. And it wasn't getting that because it, it's, you know, you were just putting out anything. Mm -hmm. So another thing like Cocaine was saying about um, a lot about what's going on right now with the music. A lot of these cats is getting into this thing with this mentality, like it got to be tough. 
So somebody is at some kind of selling point and saying, well, the only way you can sell yourself is to talk about the gangster image, just talk about how tough you are. You know, all this bullshit that has nothing to do with the music. Mm. So why are you coming into the music business with this, all this, nobody going to fuck with me and I got a crew. And I'm like, whoa, what about the music? I don't care about who's down with you or, you know, whatever you're talking about. It has nothing to do with your, with you as being an artist, mm-hmm. you know? And so, I mean, I think about 95, 96, it started to take a, a, a downward spiral as far as it not being about the culture, not being about the music, but being more about um, who has the toughest crews, who can kill more people on one record, you know. Yeah. It, it's just, it had nothing to do with the music. You know, Melly Mel, um, the last verse of the message by Duke Booty and Melly Mel is some of the, is one of the hardest rhymes you'll ever um, hear in rap. Mm-hmm. And you could pick apart every lyric, every word, and pretty much make a song out of that. Right. But I think, like I said, along the way, this thing just got out of control. I think the record labels was finding a way to ridicule the culture, to make a mockery of the culture. It's young black men doing it. So why why not have young black men talking about nigger um, killing one another and I'll yeah. shoot your whole family yeah. up and I'm down. Come on, that has nothing to do with, you know, to, to do with the music or the culture. But do you think- you Go back and- to the rock Go do you, you think, think NWA influenced that at all, or do you think it was after NWA? No, no because no, NWA, they, they, they pretty much set the tone of what was going on in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. New York rappers once are talking about getting beat up and hassled by the cops. I was getting, I was getting pulled over just for having a nice car at least three to four times a week, but I never went in the studio and said, fuck the police. But when NWA came out and said that, I could relate to what they were saying, what they were going through, mm-hmm. and what they were saying to young black men at that time. And, and look, but, go ahead. No, I'm saying, but I think once they came out and people started seeing, they didn't, they didn't get the message. Mm. What they did was do it for shock value. I could say the word nigga. I could say fuck you, bitch, and you know all that shit. Right. They did it for shock value, mm-hmm. not for the artist, not for the artistry of it. NWA said they they painted a picture, you know, and yeah. you know what came after that was just a bunch of craziness. And know? we we wasn't <laughs> we we didn't label because I started you know from the beginning at Ruthless Records we we didn't even call it gangster rap, right? It was it was white media they call it gangster rap. We said right. we street reporters of reality rap, right? We and call it hardcore. That's we call it hardcore hip hop. Yeah, Easy right. E was the hip hop. See hip hop thugster. We were telling the story, a window <clears throat> of harsh realities that that your media is not going to support outside of just putting you on a TV screen in handcuffs. And when you really think about it to this day, um, you got to think about it. That's why it's very important that while you have your autonomy and independence to not just sell your pork belly so fast. Because oh, yeah. it's the same old cycle that's going on. It happened in Little Richard Day, all those days, Ray Charles. It has never. It got a little bit better, you right. know what I mean. But now this is th- this is the season of enlightenment. Now, you know, yeah. I I could tell you, and this is the saddest thing in the world. As much as I like BET, 
as much as I like all these networks, not one black person owns it. Right. Right. Not one. But PET turned it to EBT overnight. Yeah, but but my whole point of it is, is like, you, you you have to be able to not talk about the branches, but right. go to the root. At that time yeah. when N.W.A. was making up records, there and, and and it was brothers getting Clinton, they were signing they were signing bills and stuff to lock brothers up in jail extra. Yeah. At the yeah. same time, so you got to say, who is the real gangsters, mm. or who is right. the one in a suppressed environment with no. With economic, uh, no economic independence, low education. Uh, it's a systematic thing that happened, degradation through generations. It's like now we are starting to wise up instead of talking about the branches, talk about the root to the problem. And that's right. one thing that you will get out of, you know, cats like us is that, hey, we, we doing records, but hip hop stood for something consciously it was a chance to open up the doors to talk about matters that nobody else wouldn't put on their platform. Right. And that's the importance of um, just recognizing um, how important hip-hop was to our community that lived in that suppression and how as important it is, you know, across the world um, because there's ghettos across the world now because when they heard of Cool Rock Ski, Fat Boys, and Cocaine, we get this all day long, man. Your records help save my life. Your records right. help save my life. And that's the most important thing to me as an artist, not what's happening in a section for the moment like disco because disco right. was in and it was a fad and it's going to play out. But right. music of like substance and things of like, consciousness it'll linger around forever because you can look they still talk about Tupac right he's right. been gone for a minute yeah right no matter what you don't agree with him or not there was more of a prolific edge right. and he paved the way for young prolific artists such as your Nipsey Hussles who right. had a different mindset to be able to turn that suppression around and use intelligence to win a war because only intelligence win a war. So right. we want to express the intelligence of hip hop as well as the culture. And, you know, if you got like 20 people going to be a Navy SEAL, really only two gonna make it. Right. So that's right. the two we talking to. So it seems like in the 2010s, Cocaine, you had a definitely a streak of working like the Absols, the Nipsey Hussles. Do you feel like the younger generation was working with you because you were just like one generation or two removed from them versus more less? I feel like less people reach out to a cool rock for like a feature. Right. Well, well you know, I just I was fortunate uh, to, you know, stay doing what I'm doing. Um, a lot of things, you know, I go back and say I wish I would open up that business and that business. But I was kind of one track minded, stuck to different music. And years later, of course, I, I know that, you know, don't don't bank your success off music alone. You know, it's about having businesses. That's why when you see your Jay-Z's, it's not that they just winning off music. They winning off their businesses and av avenues. So, but I kept it up. Um, people like my style. This is all, you know, this is how I got my fish and bread for the family is making sure, you know, all over the world and when people requested my sound, you know, 
I can contribute that to people that uh, that was just interested in whatever I did. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm very grateful, very humble with all humiliation that, you know, for 30 plus years, you know what I mean? This has been an incredible ride, ups and downs, losses, so many losses of greats that I've worked with. Um, but the music, you know, I come from music royalty, so it's, I can't help it. It was in my DNA, you know what I mean? So, But I like it right now because it's not like we always talk about that. It's, it, we got our youngsters. You got to get out the mindset of, oh, you too old and, and this yeah, and that. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not like we basketball players and your knees go out at 35 <laughs> years old. Right. We just had celebrated George Clinton's birthday and he turned 80 years old. Right. Wow. You know what I mean? So some people get it, some people don't. But it's for us to knock down or at least tempt, tempt to knock down the division between the youngsters and the OGs that are trying to hand the baton down. We just want to change the landscape of of the mentality a little bit. And whether you do mumble rap, whether you do trap rap or or nothing like that, something like that, we want to invoke you to handle your business and just don't don't be a porch monkey for the people, for corporate people that expect you to do that. Right. Because they're getting money, and if you ask them for a network, they're never going to give you a network. They're going to laugh and just say, get out there and just do that beautiful tap dance, that beautiful yeah. Bojangles yeah. thing, you, whatever uh-huh. you do. Right. Do the <laughs> moon slide. I mean, moonwalk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, so we have to you know, think different. Use, use the money phone. You know, you, you know, yeah. smile with the grill in your mouth. You know, yeah. all kinds of crazy, idiotic <laughs> yeah. bullshit that does have nothing to do with the hip-hop culture. But... You know, the selling point is nowadays is to act like as much as a damn fool as you possibly could. <laughs> and at the same time, put out all this, this idiotic music um, that does nothing to help um, the cause in the black communities around around America. Yeah. Um, so it is, you know, you can sit here for hours and talk about what's wrong with the state of the music and the culture. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they're not going to listen to Cool Rock and listen to Cocaine because if it's selling, if it's getting downloads, if it's getting streams, what the hell is it? If it's working, mm-hmm. they're going to keep putting adding gasoline to the fire. And see, and- building building on that, and, and youth, y'all need to hear this. It's like when you look at Jay and all them, they was at the Mossy Projects. It was hustling. When you look right. at Easy e he was the biggest D-boy in his hustle time in Compton from Kelly Park. Right. When you look at Nipsey, he was 6-0 Crip. But they wasn't conformed right. to where they came from. In fact, they used it to their advantage. And where some of them get twisted, you make some money, but then you drag that luggage in to a place where you're supposed to not be conformed to. Right. You know what I'm saying? So if you want to talk about, oh, I'm gangster and this and that, no, keeping it gangster is coming from the ghettos, owning the company, getting your right. publishing and everything correct, buying your mamas out the house, buying up right. the community. Now, that's what you call right. keep it gangster because the ones in those suits in government, they're going to keep it gangster all day and buy everything right. out. Those are the and, gangsters. Yeah, and gentrification <laughs> you over there. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, I mean, not to preach to the choir or have a kumbaya moment, but we all, you know, us as pillars of hip hop, 
people say the OGs don't give a fuck. That's not true. But yeah. wisdom means you're not going to continue to talk to a fool because it's going to go through one ear and out there. <laughs> wow. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know. So, Cool Rock, would you say that cocaine brought you out of retirement to make this song? or Actually, you know, I get offered um, tracks after tracks. I mean, I'm not even, I'm being honest with you. Right. I just don't, I wasn't really feeling none of the tracks. I wasn't really feeling, you know, none of the subject matters. Um, it's a it's a couple of tracks. I was like, okay, you know, I wouldn't mind doing something like that. But at the end of the day, I was saying, what am I do, really doing it for? I'll give you a um, a quick story. Before my partner Prince Marky D passed away, I texted him. I said, "Yo, we should do a song." And I'm just putting it out there because I was in the mood just to go in the studio with him and do a song. The mood could have passed by an hour later. Um, so he said, what are we doing it for? Mm. I said, we're doing it for our audience. And he said, what did you have in mind? And I gave him um, a song. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it. I found love by the fat back then. And he said, well, we, what, what, what's the subject? I said, we could talk about anything. We're grown men now. We talk about love. We could talk about the state of America, what's going on with the COVID. We could talk about, you know, just partying, having a good time. And he was like, yo, I like the track. Now, an hour later, I'm saying to myself, I really don't like putting those songs out but it was just something for the moment so we really didn't elaborate on it um but once again like i get offered tracks all the time um from artists you never heard of before and they just say hey can you do a feature can you do a 16 bar 24 bar whatever and i turn it down i'm like you know i don't feel like doing that stuff but when he came along with the track and i heard the beat and i heard the hook i was like okay now i can rock with something like this you know this is right up my alley and he come he's coming from maybe i'm two years older than him but he's coming from a place where he knows about you know the group he knows about he's been to the fresh festival tours he know about crush group so he knows the engine out of the music industry he knows the engine outs of the group so i can rock with him i can relate to him so um i think a lot of people was just reaching out to me because mark passed away and mm. it was like, well, I'll get the last fat boy in the song. Wow. And I'm like, I I'm not. Nah, that's too, <laughs> I'm that's op opportunistic. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. First of all, I'm not the last fat boy. I'm just a, I'm just a member of the Disco 3. Uh, <laughs> and I took the name and just kept Disco 3. Because we were Disco 3 before fat boys. Uh, the industry changed us into the fat boys because of one hit song. And we went along with it. Instead of just saying disco three slash fat boys, we could have kept that. Mm -hmm. But they was like, well, we can't market the word disco anymore and all this stuff. So we we fell for it. But um, aside for all that, you know, like I said, when he came along with the song, I was like, it wasn't like being out of retirement. I just wasn't really feeling. Um, there was nothing out there where I was saying to myself, like, damn, I would love to jump on that track. You know what I mean? So when, like I said, when he came with the track, he came with the hook. I'm like, yo, this is dope. You know what I'm saying? It's dope. It's catchy. The beat is 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 bananas. It's crazy. And um, I didn't have to try to change up a flow with what these young cats is doing. I didn't have to do the da 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 da. I didn't have to do that shit. You know what I'm saying? So I could just rap the way I wanted to rap. And he came with you know straight fire with his lyrics, and I pretty much just came behind him with the you know. The same kind of flow I had since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was just, you know, just more energy into it. And um, like I said, people love it. People love the song. People love it. And when they hear it, they can't stop 
singing the hook. You know, I had a brother call me the other day. He said he was singing the hook all day to his wife was like, you know, cut that shit out. I don't want to hear that no more. <laughs> like, you know? That's a beautiful but, problem um, to have. Right, exactly. He said, but that hook is so catchy, you know, it's just a really catchy hook and it's a real dope song. If you play that song at a high decibel level with big speakers, I'm guarantee you, you cannot sit in your seat. You're going to, yeah. I'm not trying to sell the song like that. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just being honest. You can't sit in your, even me, I heard the song like a thousand times, played it on big speakers. I was like, oh, damn, this is dope. Mm-hmm. Like I heard it for the first time. It's a real dope song. It's just raps. It's exciting yeah. to me to see like how, older artists are like finding social media as a way to connect with one another like um i had dell the funky homo sapien on and i hit up cocaine because they're about to put a project out with sugar cocaine is about to put a project out with sugar free and um i was interviewing dell and he was like you know i really want to work with sugar free and red man i was like that's awesome he's not trying to work with like uh, a little wayne or someone new newer Right. He's like, no, I want to work out. I want to work with these artists that I was, I was inspired by that never got the chance to right. work with. Right. Let me no. add to something real quick. Um, last week, I don't know if you guys seen this. Andre three thousand from Outkast. Yes. He was talking about rappers rapping past forty years old, mm-hmm. and he was saying he don't want to see that because um, it's like a boxer passes prime. Like he don't have that jab anymore he don't have that hook i knew what he was saying what he was trying to get at like they don't have that same um energy they had when they was in their prime but this is music you don't have to be in your prime when you when you have listen frank sinatra was 86 years old and still performing on stage and nobody was saying frank sinatra was too old they was coming out to his concert to listen to one of the greatest crooners in music history Right. Nobody was saying he lost a step. They was just appreciating this man because they know he wasn't going to be around too long. With rappers in their forties and fifties, just like the expiration date them passed at thirty-five. <laughs> the hell with forty and fifty. Yeah. You know what I'm so you know, you know, these young cats is calling little Wayne old. Oh, he old. I ain't trying yeah, to. I'm like you, you know how if you even know Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones, you, you, for some reason. We we take pop shots at each other the most. Yeah, yeah. they don't do that in rock and roll. But wasn't that the start of they don't do that in country? Look at Willie Nelson. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's the start of hip hop, though, right? You guys like saying who's better lyricist, but is that different than how people treat each other? I mean, you listen. Okay, listen to um, Big Bank Hanks rhymes. Um, what he said, I got to call a TV so I can see the Knicks play back. That's just bragging. That's what hip hop was all about, just bragging. Mm-hmm. Um, hip hop wasn't all about saying, I could shoot I could shoot 10 Mark Ruggers in one day and not go to jail for it. You know, it wasn't about that kind of crap. It was just about feel good, funny, and bragging. Right. You know, um, like I said, it lost its way after a while because they upped the ante with more of the violence in, in, in the music and the lyrics, right. you know. Um, but, at, at, you know, in the beginning, it was all about, you listen to Flash and the Furious Five, nothing was about violence. It was all about having a good time. Yeah, uplifting yourself. Right. Uplifting yourself and, mm-hmm. and going to a party and talking to a female or whatever you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, after, I mean, you look at the public enemy era. They was, it was uplifting the black community and teaching them about people like, you know, Mechus Evers and Malcolm X and Farrakhan. Yeah, Marcus and, Garvey. Marcus Garvey, and there was no, there was nothing um, 
violent in their music. Right. You know, X Clan, you know, KRS One, um, Poor Righteous teachers. teachers. Yeah. The list goes on and on. But like I said, at some point, and one more thing, there's no balance in the music no more. If you want to do your so-called gangster rap, you can do that. If you want to do your love rap, if you want to do your conscious rap, if you want to do your party rap, we don't have that no more. We have one lane right now for hip hop, for the music. And that lane is just talking about the same old crap yeah. in every damn song. Like T-Pain went off and like, yo, do something different. Don't do what he's doing. Oh, I felt him on that one. <laughs> you know? Like, you know, when you have too much stuff that are redundant, you really become a creature of habit and don't have no innovation. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? So people like Zapp and Roger were innovators, and Prince was an innovator. Right. You know, um, the world is paying attention now. The world is saying, okay, it's only this this type of style of stuff can only go so long. Right without having a, some type of balance. Yeah. You know, even when we were making records to the 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, right, it was okay to listen to a Chuck D and then listen to an N.W.A. Right, exactly. It wasn't just all N.W.A. Right. It was a balance. Mm -hmm. Right. And music needs a balance. It cannot... You know, popular music at this time, and I'm gonna be brutally honest, it has the same cadence. Yeah. It has yeah. the same low frequency uh bass on there. Yeah. They they're practically saying the same rhymes. <laughs> right. So basically all this whole generation is only listening to one song. Over. <laughs> right. Over, right. Over, one big over, old song. That's that's redundant. Over, over. It's just, you know, it just keeps going around. And, and they around. look at they look at the, the, the arts, the art of music. They turn they some of them snub their nose to people who come out with instruments. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, you know how to play an instrument? That's whack. That's outdated. When yeah, outdated. instruments became outdated. <laughs> right. But I realized that that's a concentrated focus out in this particular market because when right. you go to Canada, you go to you see you see what 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 the K pop is doing to R black R and B mm. now. Yeah. Because yeah. they get it. Yeah. Then I don't know like hey, man, man. that's why they the number one R and B besides Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. See cats like that get it. Yeah, and I'm not. If you're making money doing what you're doing, that's all you know how to do. Well, then do it till you're satisfied. <laughs> yeah. But the world is starting to wake up again and say, "Man, I'm tired of gossip. I want to hear bars. Right. I want to hear some wisdom on how to sustain my career." You know, right. they just don't have the jacques attitude. Or the you know. Tupac, if he was here, he'd tell you now, I didn't want, want to to die. People take it out of context. Like, you know, yeah. now life expectancy for a young rapper is, is you lucky to get to 25 years old now, 24. Yeah, yeah. And that's not And not to mention the cool. media feeds into a lot of this gossip shit to keep these guys going. You look at some of the stuff on YouTube, they keep a beef going for 10, 15 damn years ago. Yeah, and it's like it's over. These guys are friends now. Yeah. Remember the time when he went after him and he said this and that. They keep that crap going. Yeah. 
Because they love propaganda. You know, That's right. they love it. They love to mm-hmm. see young black men always attacking one another. Mm-hmm. You understand? They're not going to put no content where Willie Nelson had a beef with Merle Haggard 50 <laughs> damn years ago. <laughs> you understand? They, they know. They 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 passed that. These are <laughs> these are senior, super senior citizens. They're not going to go out there and beef with one another and hit each other with a, a cane and a walker. Yeah. You know. But with rappers, it's it's just a continuous BS. You know. You got artists. I'm not going to say their names. They keep this crap going. Right. As soon yeah. as the artist gets hot, here they come. Oh, I exposed them. You know, two years ago he snitched on somebody. You know, three years ago he, you know, he had a fake Rolex. I mean, I'm like, what mm-hmm. the fuck is that all about? Mm-hmm. But that's the crab in the battle um, mentality. Right. You know, as yeah. soon as you get to the top, come on back down here with us. Be be oppressed with us. You know, that kind of BS. Yeah. yeah. You know, nobody got time for that. We're trying to uplift community. We're trying to get people back into having a good time. You know, uh, we were shut down last year. Nobody could perform. Nobody could do tours. Nobody could do nothing but sit around and wait. So what came out of the midst of all that was the same old freaking garbage. <laughs> Nobody, you know, you know, in the 70s when um, Marvin Gaye came out with What's Going On, he What's was speaking going? to a generation of what, what was going on at that particular time. We have no songs that came out of all of this George Floyd pandemic. We get WAP. That was the big song. We get WAP. Well, that's the thing, also, because I I work with like I work with up and coming artists, and it's it's not the fact that every artist is making WAP songs. That's just the music that's being pushed on the billboard. Yeah, exactly. Which is, that's what which I'm is frustrating. Yeah, that's that sucks. And it's frustrating because they're not going to put out the real stuff. Right. That's attacking what's going on in America or around the world. First thing they say, that ain't making no money. Right. That ain't doing that. Yeah, nobody want to hear that. It ain't based on your money. I'm like, I'm pretty sure, rest in peace, I'm always a fan. I'm pretty sure when Kobe got into his helicopter with plenty of money that he didn't expect to, you know, pass and crash inside of a building. No, it's it's about leaving something. Right. Hip-hop is about leaving something. Right. No, so what you want to leave? No. Yeah. So Cool Rock Ski, one of your, after like one of your last albums dropped, like when you stopped making music full time, what did you start doing after that? I was robbing banks. I'm just playing. I was just, I was just. <laughs> That's where you met cocaine, right? Shh, don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I was just being a civilian. You understand? We got into this thing at a really, really young age. Yeah. And we never had a break. Every time we we got off tour. We stay home for like two days, go back out on another tour. So by the time we were 22, 23, we were burned out mentally, like burned out. So it was like, well, let's take a break. Um, I know me and Buff, we did a we did a, a song, we did an album, and we were pretty much we had no structure. You know, they threw a bunch of money at us, and and we didn't want any structure. We didn't want to be told when to get up and when to lay down. So it was like we were just having fun with it. So it was like um, I became a civilian, and I was happy with it. I didn't want no parts of this crap no more. It was like I was done with it. You know what I mean? And it, it, I think I, I think when we did it, and when we got popular at it, we got our families out of bad situations before the storm was coming. 
Mm. Um, in East New York, where I'm from, it, it got to the point where you was looking at freaking Afghanistan or Beirut when America attacked it. That's how bad it got up there. It was really, really freaking crazy. People mm. I grew up with was putting guns on one another, getting killed. And I'm not just saying that as, you know, every rapper always says that, you know, my friends are getting killed. No, my friends were really getting murdered, you know, and the whole neighborhood was changing. It went from Disneyland to freaking Beirut overnight. Mm. So that that little community that I lived in in East New York, Brooklyn, was just turning into even the cops wouldn't come around no more. They were like, you can have the streets. We're not messing with them. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So um, we got our families out of there at the right time at the right particular time. And that's what it was all about. Um, it was like um, God said, I'm going to give you this to get your families out. And after that, I want you out of it. You understand what I'm saying? A lot of people don't understand what I'm saying, but some people know um, what it is when you enter the music industry, when they get in and with, get the hell out before it gets too drastic. That's brutal. Um, it's definitely <laughs> worse yeah. than a dope game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, it was what it was, man. I was never really put on this earth to be a superstar. You know, I was put on this earth to work hard. Like my father worked hard. He worked with his hands. He worked a nine to five. So rap came along at a time where I fell in love with it, but I also fell in love with playing football. So I knew I wasn't gonna be a professional football player. So what's the best next best thing to fall back on was hip hop, you know, hip hop rap. So that's what we did. And, you know, it was me, Mark and Buff, and we were good friends. We, you know, we grew up together, so we just formed a group, and we just took it to, we took our talents to a rap contest, and happened. It just so happened we won the rap contest, and um, we took off from there. You know, so it wasn't like we were sitting around saying well, we become stars and we become we're gonna make a lot of money. Everything happened so quick. Right. So now I look at things now. Everything was a freaking blur, and I say to myself sometimes, did we really? Were we really in the music industry? Did we really? I mean, because sometimes you I think like, did this really happen? Wow. You understand what I'm saying? Like the two members are gone. and I'm like, did this shit really happen? Mm. You know, you got to pinch yourself sometimes to, to, to let yourself know you're still alive sometimes. And wow. I'm being 100% honest. It's like, am I still really here? You understand? And, you know, so just being in Brooklyn and shooting that video, and looking around at my old neighborhood, it brought everything back into perspective. Like, this is crazy right now. Like, the park where we shot the video at, we went to junior high school at that high, at that park. Like, yeah. that was the park we played football at. Got into fights, damn near every day. There was always a fight after school. I mean, cocaine knows about that, you know. <laughs> There's a fight every, every, every you know, three o'clock every day. Um, so, just being around that old neighborhood, man, it just brought everything back into perspective. And it kind of woke me up. Like, oh, shit, I, I used to live out here. <laughs> like, I grew up here. Right. So, um, you know, it, it's, like I said, I, I never really got into all that celebrity stuff anyway. You know, I never really got into that stuff. It was just, you know, you know after parties and all that crap. I'd rather just go back to the hotel and just chill and relax and catch up on an old you know, a, a college football game that was still going on at ESPN. That was my thing, you know. So, mm -hmm. never really got into all that fanfare and all that stuff like that. That's why people approach me to this day and they say stuff like, you know, it's an honor to meet you. 
You know, I'm just a regular dude. <laughs> There's no honor to me. Very, he's very approachable, man. And, and I, yeah, I, I identify I'll with, with that. anybody. Mm-hmm. What yeah, keeps I'll you in New York? What keeps me here? Because um, I don't like the South. My sister's trying to get me to move to Orlando. I never really was a fan of the South. You know, I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm a city guy. You mm-hmm. know, so. That's Co- where my heart is at. And Coke, what brought you to Tacoma? Like in Washington in general? <laughs> well, I have to plead the fifth on some things. And <laughs> tell you. But um, it it was cool. It was different um, from the place I was laid at. back. You know, and uh, you know, I'm a family man. You know, I've been with my woman for 37 years, married 31. We have eight wonderful children. Shout out to my salute children. to that. Salute and shout out to my queen. But, yeah. you know, sometimes when you hear that voice, you know, you could be too busy putting that call on the answering service. And I just answered that call, which is the voice of God, you know. Well, and God exactly. said, I want you to move to a place you don't really know nobody. Wow. Yeah. And I moved, and um, it was a nice pivot. And, uh, you know, I can contribute that to, to God, the universe. Yeah. Will put me in a better position, you know, frame of mind because, you know, I went back to hustling. I went back to what I know how to do, you know, back in the days after the doghouse thing was over with and MCA filed bankruptcy, Chapter 11. Uh, I got out, out of my contract because that was it. And mm. uh, went back to the streets, you know, hustling, got caught up, did some jail time. And every time I was on my bunk or, you know, it's everybody in the child place and like a movie that I was in, like old school with Will Ferrell, that would come on. And after that, a commercial would say, Seattle. And then I had two people next to me on my bunk. Oh, man, we're going back to Seattle. So I, I, it resonated because I couldn't stop hearing it. Wow. And then I decided to make that ground, I call it groundbreaking, changing your life pivot. And And God will get your attention somewhere. (laughs) And I got up out of there, and it was rough the first two or three years. But, you know, that's just the test. It's it's real. It's not not that I, you know, was so like, um, like, uh, let me put a word on it, like, Ooh, things were falling out the sky and I was floating to Seattle. <laughs> but like that. It was like it was like very calm, very peaceful. I heard the voice of God. Wow. And I mm. moved on it. And um here I am today, been up here uh, fourteen years. Wow. And it was a be- it's a beautiful thing, man. Kids raised, um That's dope. None of my kids never did went suffered some of the things I did. Um and at the end of the day, you know, that type of energy even reflects in my music, the way I conduct business, the way I treat people. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't bend down, you know, and I know what it's like to go through yeah. it, to get to yeah. it. You know what I mean? Well, I really appreciate you guys sharing. I think what you guys have to say is very inspirational, and I think it's important for hip-hop to stay being a community even though there's like rough patches here and there like uh 
I decided not to go to college to focus on hip hop and be part of the Seattle music scene here. Like music is my life and it's very inspirational for me. And I feel like I'm on the right track when I'm able to talk to people like you guys. Right so. on, nephew. <clears throat> That's what it's about, you know. If, if if you feel like your road, you know, because you can't do what people want you to do. You have to do what right. you want to do. And I right. tell my kids that all the time. You don't you don't have to pick up a microphone. You you could be a doctor. Right. You could be a scientist. Easily. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Easily. So, you know, I um. I continue to pray for the younger generation, such as yourself. You have intelligence, you know, you have boldness. <laughs> you got to be bold and intelligent. And as pillars of, you know, hip hop, we we appreciate that. See, see, youngsters, it's so simple. It's called R-E-S-P-E-C-T, respect. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because that's how we were raised, man. We were raised yeah. that when granny said, get your elbows off the table, son, you couldn't go right. No, you find yourself on the floor picking up your mouth. Oh, yeah. You know, so oh, we yeah. need to get, it's not that we're bashing anybody because at the end of the day, God, is the, the Heavenly Father, is, is all of our judges. He's, right. He is the judge, I mean. But right. it's the content of your character that we know brings certain things with it that can throw you off with karma. And right. we're just the messenger, so don't kill the messenger. You know what I mean? We encourage youngsters out there to be excited about when you hear Kurokski or Cocaine or whoever from that time that happened to survive. I know I had a recent partner that just got just got killed out here. His name was Gonzo. Rest in peace, Gonzo. Oh, rest in peace. But he left so much of a good thing because he was saying he actually did that with Snoop Dogg and uh, Bosco, guns down, hands up. He started right. a seed. So it's the same thing that, that I explain about Gonzo. All we doing here is planting seeds. And the youngsters, if you're able to get a hold of it, you're going to be even more powerful because you acquire wisdom yourself and then you right. acquire wisdom from your Mr. Miyagi, your, your hmm. Danielson. All we just saying is wax on, wax off. If you do it well, you can incorporate your own moves and take it mm -hmm. to the next level farther than we did. Yes, sir. Plain and simple. Yeah. And with that, what is the easiest way to reach both of you guys? I'll start with you, Cocaine. Oh. <laughs> I'm super simple to reach. Uh, you can reach me on my Instagram at K-O-K-A-N-E underscore brand. That's how you spell cocaine. Don't spell it the drug-related name. I'm not the drug <laughs> rapper. I'm the dope MC. Um, you can also... Uh, for any inquiries for you know me and me and my brother you can he'll tell you his information um uh if you're trying to get at him through me you can uh hit hit us up at buddy boy uh ent dot staff at gmail.com you spell it b-u-d-e as in eric b-o-y-e-n-t dot staff dot com at gmail i mean at gmail.com i hope y'all got that i'll give it to you afterwards <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but um, the Hush single is doing good. Go to YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to uh, my brother's channel, my channel. Once again, the video is called Hush. If you want me to spell it for you, it's H U S H. Real simple. Hush. And uh, go run them numbers up. Leave a comment. 
You know what I mean? And uh, stay tuned. We got some more goodies. We got a project coming uh, in 2022. And uh, we're excited for the culture. And um, that's what it is, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Now you cool rock. Oh, at, you know, I'm on, I'm on IG um, at Legendary Cool Rock. Um, what is it? Legendary Cool, Legendary Fat Boy Cool Rock Steve. You know, and on Facebook, I do more Facebook than Instagram. Um, Damon Cool Rock Wembley. Um, so, yeah, that's what you can reach me at that. And do you want to leave and, the audience with any final words? Yeah, man, just um, just keep supporting the music and the culture. Um, keep supporting the classic hip hop artists who laid down the foundation, and you know, don't forget about them. Don't overlook them, and um, just take care of yourselves health wise. Um, stay out of trouble. You know, it's gonna sound like a cliche, but I'm telling you, stay out of trouble because they're not playing in this country anymore. <laughs> They'll lock you up in a minute. Just stay out of trouble, mm-hmm. and um, you know, get a good education, man. You know, if you can't get a get, get if you can't get a good education, get a good job. Um, there's so many different ways you can make money now legally, you know, so, <laughs> you know, and, um, so. you know, thanks for being a fan of cool rock, bad boys and cocaine and, you know, and keep supporting us and thank you for supporting us. Please keep supporting us. Yes, sir. This is the NAS podcast with cocaine and cool rock to the ski. And we did it. <laughs>